Well, it's good to see you. Did you know that ACAC and Urban Impact Foundation have been partnering together at Light the Night for 12 years? 12 years. And did you know? Yeah, 12 years. And a thousand, over a thousand people have come to know Jesus Christ over those past 12 years. To God be the glory and the honor. It's amazing. Over a thousand folks have filled this place up and over. The people that come to Christ because we've partnered together. We've locked arms and we've run the Lord's errands together through light tonight. We're going to get that chance again. We're going to do our 13th year. On December 3rd and 4th, I'm really encouraging you to come bring as many as you can. The kids really need you more than ever before. They're working really, really hard. They've been locked down for a year with COVID. They're coming out. Just come out and really, really support them. Well, I'm going to talk to you more about that, but here we go. We're going to start our passage. Our passage is found in John chapter 1, verse 35 through 42, and the title of our talk is called Be Like Andrew. Be Like Andrew. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we've just come to you, and we would ask right now that you would forgive me and cleanse me of any sin, and you would fill me with your spirit, and you would speak through me to your people, and we as your people wouldn't just be hearers of the word. We would be doers of it. And you wouldn't just stir us, but that you would change us. For, Lord, we ask these things together. In Jesus' name, amen. The title of the sermon is called Be Like Andrew. Now, most of us know Peter, his brother. We know a lot about him, but we don't know very much about Andrew. So in order for us to be like Andrew, let me help you understand who he is, okay? A little bit more than we do. Andrew's name literally means manly or brave. Manly or brave. Andrew is a native of Galilee. He was born in Bethsaida. He was living in Capernaum when he met Jesus. Andrew and his brother Peter, they, they owned a fishing company, company together, and they would fish together on the Sea of Galilee. But they were different, really different. Peter was a firecracker. Andrew was more of a sparkler. Peter was bold, and Andrew was more reserved. Peter was out front, and Andrew was more backstage. Peter, in the scriptures, he is known as the out front guy. He's the guy who's preaching. He's the preacher. He's the evangelist. He's the leader. Much of the New Testament, when you think of at least the Gospels in the beginning of the book of Acts, talk a lot about Peter. Peter has two books that bear his name, first and second Peter in the New Testament. But Andrew... Andrew is mentioned 13 times in the Gospels in the book of Acts. He has no book named after him. No, Andrew is known as Peter's brother. But Peter and Andrew are totally different. Different, yes, but both used of God. In many ways, Andrew was overshadowed by his brother because even the scriptures referred to him as Peter's brother. He was Peter's brother. In verse 40, it says this, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother was one of the two who heard what John had said and who had followed Jesus. Now, Andrew's following Jesus. But what did he hear? And who's speaking when it says John? Verse 35, the next day, John, referring to John the Baptist, was there again with two of his disciples. Verse 36, when he saw Jesus passing by, he said, look, the Lamb of God. That's what Andrew heard. Look, the Lamb of God. Verse 37, when the two disciples heard him say this, they followed Jesus. So who are these two disciples? Well, one's Andrew. The other one is the one that bears the gospel that we're reading, John. 
So Andrew and John were disciples of John the Baptist before they ever met Jesus. You know what that tells us? That tells us that Andrew was a man who was devoted to God. Before he ever met Christ, he was a man who was devoted. Why? Because he could have never been a disciple of John the Baptist if he wasn't. Verse 38. Turning around, Jesus saw them following and asked, What do you want? They said, Rabbi, which means teacher. Where are you staying? Verse 39. Come, he replied, and you will see. So they went and saw where he was staying and spent that day with him. It was about the tenth hour. Verse 41, the first thing Andrew did was to find his brother Simon and tell him, we have found the Messiah. Notice it says, it doesn't say we might have found or we think we have found. It says we have found the Messiah. Andrew was absolutely convinced that Jesus Christ was the Messiah, the one that they all had been waiting for. So what have we learned so far? Andrew is Peter's brother. He is a man who's committed to God, and he's a man who's convinced that Jesus Christ is the Messiah. And because of this, what does he do? He immediately begins to introduce people to Jesus Christ. Let me say that again. He immediately begins to introduce people to Christ. Every time Andrew comes out of the biblical woodwork, if you will, he's introducing someone to Jesus Christ. The first person he introduces to Christ is his brother Peter. Look at what it says in verse 41. The first thing Andrew did was to find his brother Simon and tell him, we have found the Messiah, that is the Christ, and he brought him to Jesus. Do you remember the first time when you first came to Christ? Do you remember that? Go back. Do you remember that time? Where were you? Who was involved in bringing you to Christ? Who was teaching you? Who shared their faith with you? Who was that? For Andrew, he was faithful to introduce a family member, his brother, to Jesus Christ. You know, there are people in here that could tell you that there are family members that have led them to Christ. There are people in here that would tell you that they have led family members to Christ. Then there are those of us who would say that we've tried to lead our family to Christ, but they didn't want anything to do with them. And to you, I want to encourage for a moment. Hopefully, I'm encouraging all of you, but... To those of you that have family members that you're trying to win and they're not listening to you, let me encourage you with this. Don't give up. Don't stop praying. Continue to communicate and demonstrate the gospel. Continue to be a witness to your family. Let me tell you a story about my, my Aunt Maxine. She was very, very ill. And it was Christmas Eve. I was sitting in a service like you are sitting here tonight. And it was snowing outside. I mean, it was almost a blizzard. But while I was sitting in the service, the Spirit of God kept prompting me, go see your aunt. Go see Aunt Maxine. She only lived an hour away. Well, after the service was over, in spite of the weather, I got in my car. I drove to her home. When I got there, I went into her bedroom and there was a nurse and one family member. And Aunt Maxine had, had gone into a coma. Now, I had prayed for my aunt many, many times. I had opportunities to talk to her about Jesus, but she wasn't interested. But I began to pray, and as I prayed, within five to ten minutes, all of a sudden, she came right out of that coma. She sat up in the bed. She couldn't speak, but she could move. And she looked at me, and she started motioning me over to the bed. 
I came alongside of her, sat down at the side of the bed, and I began to talk to her, and I started telling her about Jesus. Started telling her that Jesus Christ died on the cross and was raised again from the dead, and that he loved her. And I wasn't talking about religion, because religion is the very thing that killed the Lord Jesus Christ. I said, I'm talking about having a relationship with a living Christ. And that he died for her and that he loved her. And he wanted, he had all power and authority and could give to her eternal life. Forgive her of her sin. Guarantee that she goes into the kingdom of God. And then I looked at my aunt and I said, you know, I gave my life to Jesus, Aunt Maxine. And so can you. Would you want to come to know Jesus tonight? And she nodded her head. She said, yes. I said, would you like me to pray for you right now? She nodded her head. She said, yes. And I got the opportunity to lead my Aunt Maxine to Jesus Christ that night. I got it back in my car and I was driving home. The snow stopped flying. I was praising God as I was driving home. The next morning on Christmas Day, they called us and told us that Aunt Maxine had died that, that morning. And I knew, though, that day she was more alive than she'd ever been before. For she went from the land of the dying into the land of the living. She lives with Jesus Christ. She's with him right now. She's more alive than any of us in the room. Because that night she gave her life to Jesus Christ. Don't give up. Don't quit. Keep praying. Keep communicating and demonstrating. Be a witness to your family. Andrew was. And he led a family member to Christ. And he led his brother Peter. And God used Peter in a magnificent, fantastic way. But Andrew didn't stop with his brother. He introduced a boy to Jesus. It's found in John chapter, chapter 6, verses 1 through 11. And there the story of the feeding of the 5,000. Jesus is speaking to that huge crowd. And he notices that they're very tired and they're very hungry. So he looks at his disciples and he says, feed them. And Philip comes up and says, man, we have no money. There's no way we can do that. But Andrew brings a little boy, introduces a boy with a happy meal. And Jesus takes that happy meal, gives thanks, and 5,000 people plus were fed that day. And the disciples ran around and picked up 12 baskets of leftovers. Did you know the miracle of the feeding of the 5,000 is the only miracle told in all four Gospels? The only miracle. Why is that? Because Andrew was faithful to introduce a boy to Jesus Christ. You know, this past summer, Urban Impact has led over 144 children and youth to Jesus Christ. We introduced those people. I'll tell you, people are hungry to come to know Jesus. But you imagine, 2,000 years have gone by, and the miracle of the 5,000 has been told. You imagine how many people have been impacted because Andrew was faithful to introduce a boy to Jesus Christ. But he didn't stop there. He didn't stop with his brother, and he didn't stop with his... That little boy, he's, he introduced some outsiders to Christ, some Greeks that came looking to meet Jesus. It's found in John chapter 12, verse 20 and 21. It says this, Now there were some Greeks among those who went up to worship him <clears throat> at the feast. They came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida in Galilee, with a request. Sir, they said, we would like to see Jesus. Now, why didn't they go to Peter? Peter is the leader. Why would they go to Philip? Well, we'll never really know, but let me give you two suggestions. One, Philip is a Greek name. Possibly they felt 
more open to Philip. Or Philip was from Bethsaida and possibly they were from Bethsaida. And maybe they were aware of one another. We won't know till we get to heaven. But the next question is, why did Philip go to Andrew and not Peter? Look what it says in verse 22. Philip went to tell Andrew, and Andrew and Philip in turn told Jesus. Why didn't he go to Peter? He didn't go to Peter because Jesus, because Peter would have told those Greeks to get out of here. To get lost. Why? He would have saw them as what? Gentiles. And he knew that Jews and Gentiles didn't mix. They didn't associate. Plus, Peter at that time believed that the message that Jesus was preaching was only for the Jews, not the Gentiles. Now, he figured that out later in the book of Acts, but not here. So Philip doesn't go to Peter he goes to Andrew. Why does he go to Andrew? Because I believe that Andrew understood what it, meant, what it felt like to be an outsider. He knew what it felt like not to be one who was included. Why do I say that? Because he played second fiddle to his older brother all his life. So Philip went to Andrew, and Andrew knew just what to do. He introduced those Greeks to Jesus Christ. Let me ask you something. Are there some people around you that feel like they're on the outside? They really can't come to the table. They don't feel included. They feel marginalized. Maybe that's you. I want to remind all of us of this. Jesus Christ came so that no one would perish. He came for everyone, every person that has ever been born or will ever be born. Jesus Christ came for us all, every one of us. He came for every family member. He came for every child, every young person, every adult, every senior adult, every nation, and every enemy that you and I have. He came for all of them that they would come to know Jesus Christ and be set free. I remind us of that. It doesn't matter who you are, where you come from, the way you look, what you have done, Jesus came for you. So what have we learned about Andrew? What have we learned so far? We've learned that Andrew's Peter's brother. He's a man who's committed to God. He's convinced that Jesus Christ is the Messiah. And it motivated him to introduce people to Jesus Christ. Do you know Andrew was the first person in the New Testament to introduce a family member to Jesus Christ? He introduced his brother. He was the first person in the New Testament to be a youth worker. He introduced a little boy. Do you know that Philip and Andrew were the first cross-cultural missionaries in the New Testament? They introduced the Greeks. Matter of fact, Andrew didn't stop there. Didn't stop there at all. He, he went on, it says this, history, tradi tradition tells us that Andrew is the patron saint of Russia, Scotland, and you guessed it, Greece. Interesting. Tradition also tells us that Andrew was crucified in Greece because he, was, he had led the wife and the brother of a major local governor in Greece to Christ. And the governor was so angry, he had Andrew crucified. But Andrew, tradition tells us, felt unworthy to be crucified the same way that his Lord was crucified, with the T-cross. 
He chose to be crucified on the X cross, which today, today is still called St. Andrew's Cross. Andrew isn't as famous as his older brother, but he was faithful. And he was faithful to introduce people to Jesus Christ. We need to be like Andrew. We need to be like Andrew. Matter of fact, Jesus is looking for Andrews. You know, there's a ministry called Operation Andrew. And the ministry is all, it's, it's about this. It's about helping us believers identify unbelievers in our lives. And when you identify who those people are, you write their names down and you begin to pray for them. And as you pray for them, you're praying for them because you want to invite them to a local outreach. Well, if you'll look in your bulletin, things that when you walked in, I gave you a piece of paper. Please, I want every one of you to look at that piece of paper. Those of you online, I'm going to give you something to do, so stay with me. But all of us, if you see that piece of paper, you'll see that there's five opportunities. Write down five names of people that are around you that don't know Jesus Christ. Maybe it might be a family member, a friend, a coworker, a student that you, that you know, that you go to class with, a hairdresser, a barber, somebody you play golf with, somebody that you work out with, somebody that you keep going to the same place and you shop all the time and you know their name, the same restaurant, you know that waiter, you know that, you know that person, each one that you know that might not know Jesus, begin to write their name down right now, even as I'm speaking, and I'm going to ask you to pray. I'm going to ask you to pray for that person, and then I'm going to ask you to invite them to come to light the night on December 3rd and 4th. Think about it. Hundreds of people come to know Christ every year when we bring, when we have light the night. Hundreds of them. So the people that are around you in your families, people that are all around you, God wants to use you like Andrew. He wants you to pray for those people. He wants you to invite them and come. And I will guarantee you this. I will preach a sermon that would either bring people closer to coming to Christ or they will come to Christ. But God wants to use you. He wants to use you just like he used Andrew. But we've got to be willing. So write those names down. And then I want you to take that, that thing I gave to you, that sheet of paper. I want you to put it in your Bible. I want you to put it on the refrigerator. Or I want to put it in the mirror in your bathroom. And I want you to pray for those people every day. And then get the courage up to go and invite them. Now, we've given you cards that you can give. And those cards are out in the lobbies. They're out there. You can take them wherever it is out here. And there's a card here somewhere. But that card's out there. And it will be an invitation to light the night. Go grab some of those. Believe God for great things. But listen to this. I've been in ministry for over 35 years. And I have, talk, I have talked more people off the ledge in the last 18 months than my whole career combined. People are really hurting. And they're really open to the gospel. For such a time as this, my friend... We can seize the day, and we can see people come to know Christ. In the next two Sundays, you're going to talk about the globe and how we need to go on missions. And believe me, I, I ran a thing called Global Impact for 24 years, so I believe in mission. 55,000 kids went through that. It's all about exposing and motivating young people to fulfill the Great Commission. So I believe in mission. But listen to me. Today is the day, right here, right now, we have an opportunity, unprecedented, right here in our city, 
If you be like Andrew, you go out and pray and you go out and invite people and we will see God do some unbelievable things during Christmas because people still come to church around Christmas. It is our opportunity. Don't miss it. Don't miss it. Let me end with this. It's not a true story. It's a story about Gabriel, the, the angel Gabriel. He's in heaven and Jesus is there. And Jesus has died and raised again from the dead. He made it possible. Anybody calls upon his name, they shall be saved. So he finished his work and he's sitting at the right hand of the father. And Gabriel comes up to him and says, Jesus, now that you have finished your work, how will the people know on the planet, now that you're up in heaven, how will they know how to be saved? You got a plan, right? And Jesus looked at him and said, yeah, I got my disciples. And Gabriel looked at him and said, wait a minute. Jesus, you got to be kidding, right? We know those guys like you know those guys. Those guys aren't very faithful. I mean, they're not very, they're not very educated. They've been really unreliable. Really, you got a different, you got a plan B, right? Absolutely, you got a plan B. And Jesus said, no, I'm counting on them. I'm counting on them. Look right here. Jesus is counting on you. You are all he has in your influence. He's all he has. You are all he has. Be like Andrew. Let's believe God for great things. Let's get out there. Let's tell people. They'll love to come see kids. And what we do there is fantastic. And those kids will set it up and we'll believe God for great things. Amen? Look right here, though. There might be one of you here tonight. You're like my Aunt Maxine. You're not really sure that you have a relationship with him. You've kind of been playing the religion thing. Kind of grew up in the church. Not real sure that you know this personal God that we're talking about. You can tonight, right here and now. The Bible's been written so that you can know for certain that you have eternal life. All you need to do is call upon his name. The Bible says anybody who calls upon his name, they shall be what? Saved. For God so loved you that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Jesus said this, I am the way, the truth, and the life. What was he saying? I'm telling you the truth. I'm telling you the way to what? To eternal life. You can know that right here right now for all eternity. You can have a personal relationship with him. I want you to just bow your heads for a moment. There might be one or two of you. With your eyes closed, see Jesus standing right there before you because he is. He's right there. And he's looking right at you and he's saying, what do you want me to do for you? Tell him, Jesus, help me. I want to know you in a personal way. Or you might be a believer and you just need to say, Jesus, help me in some other area of your life. Whatever it might be, but for that one that's not real certain, the prayer I'm going to pray doesn't save you. Jesus does. But let me guide you and help you to pray to him so that you can have this relationship. Pray this prayer with me. Heavenly Father, thank you for, the, for your son, Jesus. Jesus, thank you for you. 
Thank you for dying on the cross for me. And I would ask you to be my Savior right here and now. I commit my life to you. I ask you to forgive me. And I ask that the Spirit of God would come and dwell within me. And Lord, help me to now live for you. Renew my mind, renew my life. Turn it over for you. For I ask these things tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, listen, you need to now begin to really walk. You need to tell somebody that you came to Christ. We're all here to help you. I'll be standing right there. Pastor Blaine will be here tonight. If you came to Christ, just come up to us and talk to us. We'll help you along. We love you. We're so glad that you were here tonight. Remember, be like Andrew. Let's believe God for great things December 3rd and 4th. Love you and God bless you.